Good afternoon and welcome to Treasures of the Heart. This is Pastor Luann Youngman, and I am amazed to think we are at the last Sunday of the month of November. It's crazy. Like, I mean, where did it go? Now, you know, we're just going to be tipping over to the first part of December. Uh, then it will be Christmas. Are you ready? I mean, are you really ready to um, to get there? So um, whatever you're doing to do that, I hope that you're doing it safely. I hope that you are well. My phone uh, has been just going off. You know, they talk about COVID being on fire. Sometimes I think my phone is on fire. It lights up with all of these situations that are being sent for prayer requests. Many of them are for uh, the, those who have contacted the virus. Others, uh, like my husband, who was hospitalized last week for bilateral pneumonia. And, um, I mean, other things are happening to people, uh, not just the virus. There are still um, accidents that are taking place. There are uh, issues with heart and cancer and reports. And it's just it's just an amazing time as we draw closer to the end of 2020. But as we look at the book of Revelation, we we tend to look at it as an ending to this world as we know it. But at the same time, it reveals the beginning of a new world that we are yet to discover. And there are some amazing things that take place in the book of Revelation. And if you've been following me, you will know that. And today we are still going to be in chapter 11. And we will not finish this chapter till next week because I want to share with you something special that I think you really just should have a little more knowledge about. So we are going to read chapter 11, beginning with verse 7. We ended last week with just not quite ending verse 7. We just did the first part of it. But just for your remembrance, we're going to go back to verse 7 of chapter 11. And then we are going to stop at verse 10. And I want to share some other scriptures with you that will reveal some things to you. So get your Bible out if you can. If you're not driving, uh, get a tablet. Write down these scriptures so that you can look them up for yourselves later. So let's, church, begin to read chapter 11, verse 7 through 10 of the book of Revelation. Again, remember, this is John. John's having a vision that the Lord is giving him so that he can tell future generations to come what to look for. So we start with verse 7. And when they have finished their testimony. Now, and you know, we talked about in verses one through six, that God was sending these two powerful witnesses to the earth at the beginning of this first three and a half years of tribulation. And he's giving them like all power, all authority to do all kinds of plagues and uh, miracles, just anything that they want to do as often as they want to do it. And so some of it has been really devastating because they could create a drought for the three and a half years, they can turn the, the rivers of water, the seas, the oceans to blood. So that means there's no water, there's no rain, there's no crops. And then if you even want drinking water, it's going to be difficult to find. So we went there. Now it's saying in verse 7 that after these three and a half years and the witnesses, the two, which 
Many believe can be Moses and Elijah or Enoch and Elijah, but more believe Moses and Elijah for the the reasons of the, the miracles and the things that they have the power to do. But so when we get to verse 7 and it says they have finished, that's who we're talking about, those two witnesses. So they have finished their testimony. Now here's where I want you to pay attention. The beast that comes up out of the abyss, that's kind of like down into the depths of Satan's you know, place, will make war with them. So the beast is coming up from the pit of hell, from the abyss, to make war with the two witnesses who have been proclaiming God's glory and power, and overcomes them and kills them. Now you may say, whoa, whoa, wait a minute, Pastor Dwayne, wait, wait. If God's given them all power and all authority and they can do all of these miracles, how can the beast come and overpower God's people? Well, they did for a season. So let's read on. Verse 8, And their dead bodies will lie in the street of the great city, which mystically is called Sodom and Egypt, where also their Lord was crucified. And those from the peoples and tribes and tongues and nations will look at their dead bodies for three and a half days and will not permit their dead bodies to be laid in a tomb. And those who dwell on the earth will rejoice over them and make merry, and they will send gifts to one another, because these two prophets tormented those who dwell on the earth. And that's where we're going to stop. So let's go back, verse 10, and read that last verse again for today. And those who dwell on the earth will rejoice over them and make merry, and they will send gifts to one another, because these two prophets tormented those who dwell on the earth. Wow, so what we find out is that the people that are on the earth during this first three and a half years that have been part of this um, time when the witnesses were bringing drought and turning the waters to blood, I mean, they were doing things that made people miserable here on the earth. So now here comes the beast up out of the abyss, and he makes war with them and kills them. And, and one of the things in that culture is to not have a, have a decent burial is like just the the worst thing that could be as far as being disrespectful, even as a human being. No one would think about not giving somebody, no matter how bad they are, a, a some type of a burial. And then it was the beast, you know, it was like, no, you're not going to bury them somewhere. You just leave them to rot out in the street. Let the people take a look at them as they walk by. So we're going to learn a little bit more in some of these scriptures about the beast. So I want to take you to the book of Daniel, chapter 7, verses 8 through 27, and uh, write down these verses as well. So Daniel 7, verses 8 through 27, Daniel 9, verse 27, Daniel 11, verse 20 through 39. So if I don't get to read all of it, you can look at those, look those up. So let's start with the book of Daniel, because he reveals God, but he also reveals um, the beast. So Verse 8 of Daniel 7. Well, and this Daniel is having a vision, all right? While I was thinking about the horns, behold, another horn, a little one, came up among them. And three of the previous horns were plucked out before it. And behold, this horn possessed eyes like human eyes and a mouth uttering great boasts. Then it talks about this ancient of days, our God who reigns. And so he says in verse 9, I kept looking. 
until thrones were set up, and the Ancient of Days took his seat, and his garment was white as snow, and the hair of his head was pure wool, his throne was ablaze with flames, its wheels were a burning fire, a river of fire was flowing and coming out from before him. Thousands upon thousands were serving him, and myriads upon myriads were standing before him. The court convened, and the books were opened." Then I kept looking because of the sound of the boastful words which the horn was speaking. I kept looking until the beast was killed and its body was destroyed and given to the burning fire. As for the rest of the beasts, their dominion was taken away, but an extension of life was granted to them for an appointed period of time. Now he starts to see something about the Son of Man who's being presented in the vision. So verse 13, he says, I kept looking in the night visions, and behold, with the clouds of heaven, one like a Son of Man was coming. And he came up to the Ancient of Days and was presented before him. And to him was given dominion, honor, and a kingdom, so that all the peoples, nations, and populations of all languages might serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion, which will not pass away, and his kingdom is one which will not be destroyed. So now we get to verse 15, and it's kind of like this vision now is going to be interpreted. So he says, as for me, Daniel, my spirit was distressed within me, and the visions in my mind kept alarming me. And I approached one of those who were standing by and began requesting of him the exact meaning of all this. So he told me and made known to me the interpretation of these things. Verse 17 These great beasts, which are four in number, are four kings who will arise from the earth. But the saints of the highest one will receive the kingdom and take possession of the kingdom forever for all ages to come. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. But verse 19, that I desired to know the exact meaning of the fourth beast, which was different from all the others, exceedingly dreadful with its teeth of iron and its claws of bronze, and which devoured, crushed, and trampled down the remainder with its feet, and the meaning of the ten horns that were on its head, and the other horn which came up and before which three of the horns fell, namely that horn which had eyes and a mouth uttering great boasts, and which was larger in appearance than its associates. I kept looking, and that horn was waging war with the saints and prevailing against them until... The Ancient of Days, our God, came, and judgment was passed in favor of the saints of the highest one. And that time arrived when the saints took possession of the kingdom. So you can see there's this battle, there's this war, there were these beasts, and then there was one really bad beast, and then they came and made war with the saints. And really, we're looking at these two witnesses making war with these witnesses, killing them. But that's not the end of the story in Revelation. Back to Daniel, verse 23. This is what he said. The fourth beast will be a fourth kingdom on the earth, which will be different from all the other kingdoms and will devour the whole earth and trample it down and crush it. As for the ten horns out of this kingdom, ten kings will arise and another will arise after them and he will be different from the previous ones and will humble three kings. He will speak against the most high and wear down the saints of the highest one. He will intend to make alterations in times and in law. They'll be handed over to him for a time, times, and a time and a half. Three and a half years, my friends. Verse 26. But the court will convene for judgment, and his dominion will be taken away, annihilated, and destroyed forever. So at the end, we see who wins. Then the sovereignty, the dominion, and the greatness of all the kingdoms under the whole heaven will be given to the people of the saints of the highest one. 
His kingdom will be an everlasting kingdom, and all the empires will serve and obey him. Daniel 9, verse 27. And he will confirm a covenant. Now, this is speaking of the Antichrist, who is considered the beast, who is coming up. Has Satan has given him the power to do these things, to destroy the world. So, verse 27, chapter 9 of Daniel. He's going to confirm a covenant with the many for one week. So it's like there's there's going to be this covenant that he's going to make, like a seven-year covenant. Uh, I know it says one week, but that is symbolic. But in the middle of the week, the three and a half years of those seven years, he will put a stop to sacrifice and grain offering, and on the wing of abominations will come the one who makes desolate until a complete destruction one that is decreed gushes forth on the one who makes desolate. And in Daniel chapter 11, verses 20 through 39, please just read that for yourself. So what it's talking about is there is this Antichrist who is going to rise up under the power of Satan. He is going to make everything look really good and people are going to be deceived because he does these great things and has these great answers. But that in that three, that three and a half first years of tribulation, He's going to make things look kind of good and it's going to be the witnesses who are doing bad things. And then the switch is going to take place when he begins to truly reveal his evil self. So, you know, um, as we look at some other scriptures, you know, there are those like in the book of Mark 13 and 14. There's also 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 that says, uh, verse 3, No one is to deceive you in any way, for it will not come unless the apostasy comes first the man of lawlessness, speaking of the beast, the Antichrist, is revealed, the son of destruction who opposes and exalts himself above every so-called God or object of worship so that he takes his seat in the temple of God, displaying himself as being God. That happens at that kind of beginning of the second part of the three and a half years of tribulation. So here comes the Antichrist and he's going to look good. And even it said the elect can be deceived, but then he's going to turn at that midpoint and then it's going to get really bad. First John 2, let me close with this, verse 18 and 22. Children, it's the last hour. Just as you heard that Antichrist is coming, even now many Antichrists have appeared. From this we know that it is the last hour. Who is, verse 22 of First John, who is the liar except the one who denies that Jesus is the Christ? This is the Antichrist, the one who denies the Father and the Son, now, there were those really, you know, years ago who thought maybe Nero, who was terrible and killed Christians and burned them at the stake and fed them to the lions in an arena for people to watch, that maybe he was Antichrist and he wasn't. Some thought maybe Stalin and Hitler. But listen, let me tell you, the Antichrist is much worse than they are. And I want you to know that on my YouTube, finally, there was one who supports the other side who came in to condemn my revelation study. Be aware, my friends. God is still on the throne and he reigns. Again, God bless you. Can't wait to meet with you next week when we finish Revelation chapter 11. This is Pastor Luan of Treasures of the Heart.